one of my favorite Sundays because it's a physical reminder that God is still at work among us and he's drawing people back to himself, drawing people to his incredible love uh, that is offered in Christ to adopt us into his own family like we've been talking about in this series so he can teach us how to love one another with the love he has. And uh, we're going to be celebrating that today and, and talking about how to love one another beyond ourselves. Um, but before we do that, let me just say, you know, last week, Hurricane Harvey tried to take us out, didn't take us out. We still had church, by the way. Now, many of you don't know that because you weren't here, but we did. And I want to encourage you to go watch the message from last week because we, we talked about um, how much devastation, like Hurricane Harvey's type devastation is caused by hurts and anger and conflict not dealt with the way Jesus taught us to. And um, spoiler alert, uh, if you haven't heard, uh, there was an element of the message that involved me and Rob doing a musical metaphor uh, in which I actually destroyed his guitar, put a hammer through his guitar. It was a lot of fun. So you'll have to go watch it and find out why did I do that. You know what's funny though? Uh, this week, uh, Will Dishinger, a little nine-year-old, he's a nine-year-old son of our executive pastor, was praying one night, and he prayed, and God, I pray that you'll help Mr. Rob get a new guitar, and God, please help Pastor John with his anger issues, <laughs> which is why we have age-appropriate next-gen programs for your kids, okay? We'll confuse them otherwise. But we're talking today about how to love one another beyond ourselves. And, and here's the problem with loving one another. Everybody wants love and everybody wants to be loving, right? And so what's the problem? <laughs> well, there are many different definitions of love, if you think about it. You know, several years ago, uh, I was watching the Donnie Deutsch show with my son. My son was interested in entrepreneurship and it was, it was his show on that. And, and on the show, he had a woman who had started a business matchmaking millionaires. Um, I, you know, kind of, kind of the uh, eHarmony plus six figures. <laughs> and uh, she, I guess, had, had realized that money can't buy love. In fact, millionaires too need help. And so she was making a mint pairing Benjamins together. Uh, and, and on the show, what struck me is she took this picture out and, and she showed it to, to Donnie. Uh, and it was a picture of a, of a millionaire single woman. And of course, he was at the time a millionaire single man. And here's what she said. She said to him, she's perfect for you. She's beautiful, sexy, fun, and playful. And she doesn't need or expect anything from you. She just wants to give to you which sounded pretty good to Donnie. He was interested. Now, at, at first blush, that does sound wonderful. But let me ask you, you know, if, if Donnie or you or anyone, you know, if, if you had someone who looked wonderful, needed nothing from you, didn't expect anything of you, just gave to you and served you, do you think that would give you the love you were searching for? Some of you are thinking, well, it might be a good place to start, right? <laughs> no, see, the problem is if Donnie hooked up with her and never learned to give, serve, or sacrifice of himself for her, I guarantee he will never find the love he wants, and neither will you. And yet this is the lie that our culture keeps propelling forward, that, that love is getting our needs met. That's not love. 
It's not, it's not all there is to love. Now, we're going to look at different definitions of love. Because, you know, in the New Testament, there are three different words used, Greek words used for love. We only have one word in English, love, but it means many different things. But, but the Greeks used actually four different words, but there are three used in the New Testament I want to look at today. And the first is this, eros love. Eros love. See, eros love is what the world typically means when it says, I just feel so much love toward you. Or I fell in love. That's typically eros love. It's, it, it's where we get our word erotic, which it does involve sexual love, but it's actually more than that. It, it, it's a love that, uh, that loves what, what uh, meets my desires. It's a love that satisfies my desires. It's the kind of love I give because there's something I'm going to get. But it's also a love that celebrates the beauty or the strength of the beloved. It's a love that comes from desiring the attractive qualities of the other. Now, it's not all bad. And in fact, in the Bible, it too is celebrated. Like the idea of Eros love is what's celebrated in the book of the Song of Solomon, right? So it's not all bad. But the, but the problem is it's not enough. And it's pretty much all we learn. It's what we learn from an early age. In fact, Kathy Lee Thorpe notes how children's stories are mostly based on Eros love, though you might not have realized this. She said, you know, the prince was not in, uh, enraptured with Cinderella's intelligent, witty conversation. It was her beauty. Snow White and Sleeping Beauty both netted their men while comatose. <laughs> right? And, and in fact, every commercial is selling Eros love. It, it's selling Eros love. It's not that it's all bad, but it never satisfies. No matter how much Eros love you get, it's never enough. In fact, another funny story, Wire Services a couple years ago carried uh, a story of a man in Italy who was arrested for bigamy. He had 105 wives. It's never enough, right? <laughs> When the authorities asked him, how did this happen? He said, well, it's because I got bad legal advice. <laughs> like, what did the lawyer say? You know, just uh, keep it to a reasonable number of wives. You know, somewhere around 100. <laughs> Don't overdo it, right? But see, Eros love, uh, at its worst, just uses others for our own pleasures. Eros love by itself keeps us all fighting to prove that we're pretty enough or smart enough or worth enough to be loved. But God calls you and me to a higher love. He calls us to a, a higher love. He invites us to become his children by faith. That's what he was doing through Jesus. He was making a way that we might be adopted into his new family, the church. And as we've been talking about, and he has new family rules, these one another's that we've been looking at to help us all grow up with a new kind of love, a love beyond just Eros love. And you know, the truth is we can we can stop at Eros love even in the way we love one another in the church if we're not careful. And I, I don't mean a sexual love. I mean, you know, a love that just thinks, what can you do for me? You know, I, I like you because I, you know, you make me feel comfortable or you make me feel important or you have something of value that you can offer me. You know, a business contact, not feeling lonely, hooking up. <laughs> See, Eros love is, is the love that, that just says, I stay married to you as long as you meet my needs. Eros love is just tuned into W-I-I-F-M. What's in it for me? But God calls us to something higher. 
And it's defined as phileo love, a brotherly, sisterly kind of love, phileo love. It's where Philadelphia actually comes from, the, the, the city of brotherly love. Ironically, Philadelphia was, uh, was ranked by safety.com as the most dangerous city in America this year. <laughs> so a name does not phileo love make, right? It takes more than that. But phileo love doesn't just look to take, it cares about the other. It's true friendship, a true other-centered kind of love. And the one another passage I want to hone in on this morning uh, is Romans chapter 12. And here's how it defines phileo love. Romans 12.10. Be devoted to one another in phileo, in phileo love. Honor one another above yourselves. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. See, this higher love that God calls us to is an other-centered love. It's a devoted, uh, one-of-a-kind kind of love. I, you know, I looked up the synonyms for the word devoted, it means faithful, dedicated, devout. It's committed. You know, it's a committed kind of love. And Paul gives us some illustrations that, that help define it. It says, you honor one another even more than you seek to be honored. You know, and, and think about this. We all secretly desire to be lifted up or honored, right? I mean, be honest, right? We all call it valued if that helps. We all want to be valued, right? And, and the world clamors and, and secretly manipulates to get recognized or honored or valued. And what God wants is, is he wants us to be a community that people don't have to manipulate or clamor because we value and honor one another without even being asked. You know, I, I, it was so cool a uh, week and a half ago because I, I get to work with just the most humble, godly people. And um, we were in a campus pastors meeting with all our campus pastors and executive pastors. And I, I noticed something that just without mentioning anything, Kenny starts to talk to Eric about how grateful he is for getting to serve under Eric at South Campus uh, and, and what, a, what a godly, humble leader Eric is and how he learned so much that's helping now with Central Campus. And then I noticed a few minutes later, uh, someone calls out Rob and just honors Rob and some characteristics of him. And then, you know, about 30 minutes later, someone did the same thing for Charles. And I thought, wow, we weren't even doing like a, hey, let's honor one another exercise or anything like that. It was just spontaneous. And that's what God wants. That's phileo love, where we seek to honor one another. And then it says, phileo love shares with the Lord's people who are in need and practices hospitality. You know, and Justin was just talking to you about as a, as a church how, you know, we try to practice this by taking 10% of every dollar that comes in and we dedicate that toward benevolence and compassion and helping other churches beyond our own. And so we, we all together are practicing this and that's what is allowing us to respond right away uh, to Hurricane Harvey relief. And in fact, let me just say, um, I don't know if you know, but the governor declared today a day of prayer statewide for Hurricane Harvey uh, relief. And so I would like to ask you to pray um, what he asked, one, for safety of first responders who are out there helping people, two, for the healing and rebuilding of individuals and communities, and I'd like to add a third. 
and pray, God, how do you want me to respond with phileo love? How do you want me to give and go to help uh, in this need? So we, we respond in this way uh, of sharing and hospitality as a church as a whole, but this happens in informal ways around here all the time. Uh, like the life group I, I heard of recently who opened their home to, to a single mom, you know, who had, had basically uh, was in transition when she in, had lost her job and, you know, had kids and took her in and helped her get on her feet. That's phileo love. Phileo love mourns with those who mourn, celebrates with those who celebrate. You know, it's probably harder to celebrate, honestly, with those who get a promotion when we didn't or those who are pregnant and we weren't able to, uh, but it celebrates with those who are celebrating and mourns with those who mourn. Two weeks ago, uh, we had two deaths here at North and at South of people who are connected in life groups. And, you know, as sad as it was, those life groups rallied around the families and mourned with them and supported them. That's phileo love. And phileo love equally cares and is concerned for people, whether they are poor and homeless or whether they're on the cover of Forbes magazine. And you know what? We have both here at Gateway. But we need to care equally for one another. Another cool story um, last week, uh, a, a homeless man who started following Christ with us here at Gateway, serves regularly in, in our food pantry and is known and loved by many, got hit by a car. And a guy came up to me last week after the service who employs him in a, in a lawn business and told me about it. And so I, you know, I let others know and they already knew and had been praying for him and visited him in the hospital. That's phileo love. So let me ask you, how are you doing with showing phileo love to others here in our church, to people at, in your home, in your workplace? Because God wants to help us grow to a higher love. Now, here's the thing. You can't do that for thousands of people, can you? You know, that's the conundrum a bit. And, and when we think, oh, well, I'm supposed to be like that to thousands, many times we burn out. I mean, you can't, you can't help everyone in Austin move, right? And they move a lot. You ever tried to get a, a moving truck around here? You can't help everyone who gets sick and needs meals brought or has a newborn baby and, and needs meals or support. You, you can't help everybody by opening your home or providing financial help, but you can to a few. And actually, that's what Jesus taught us. You know, Jesus was God in human form. He was the son of God. He perfectly revealed God's character, but he was also 100% human. So he was finite as a human. He had the same restrictions we do, and that's why he chose 12. And he demonstrated this deeper phileo love, this committed, devoted, serving, vulnerable, involved with you kind of love to a smaller number. He couldn't to everybody. And so we need to realize the same thing. You know, that's why here at Gateway, we're organized around life groups of, of eight to 12, and why we encourage you to get on serving teams, smaller serving teams, so that you can find your 12. Who are your 12? See, you can't live this way with everybody, but you can with 12. So that, you know, you've got to draw boundaries somewhere. You can't help everybody move. You can't help everybody do this or do that. But if those 12 or so are, you're going to be there for them. And then when we're organized that way and we're connected that way, everybody is cared for, but nobody cares too much. And you can care too much. 
you know? Some of you uh, who have strong guilt consciences, even as you're hearing this phileo love, you're just feeling guilty. You're like, oh, I should, I should do that more. I should do that more. I should do that for everybody. And what happens is you try to do it for everybody and then you just give up. And it's called compassion fatigue. Jesus did for 12, maybe a little bit more for about 70, but that was it. And so we too need to do that. So I wanna encourage you, if you're not connected around here, learn to practice phileo love. Maybe today go, get, go through starting gate and start to serve people with people, you know, and find those that you can start to practice with. Or, you know, we're, we're starting new life groups. I think today is uh, one of the last days, new life groups taking people. So go, go check that out or restore classes. You know, maybe this is a season where you're really hurting, you know, you're, 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 you're grieving or you're going through some kind of struggle. Check out our restore classes. You can go out in the lobby today and find out about those. You know, and that's where you can personally find healing and then find others to support in their healing as well. So phileo love is a step up from Eros, but there is a, a, a love that is higher still that God calls us to. Beyond brotherly and sisterly love, the Greek word is agape, agape love. It's a love that only comes from God. It's a love that goes beyond what is typically humanly possible, quite honestly. It's a love that the world needs most because it's the love that heals the world. I want you to do something. I want you to think for just a second as I talk about this, about the hardest person for you to love. Think about that hard to love person. Maybe it's your ex. Maybe it's a business competitor or a coworker who's out to get you. Maybe it's an obnoxious in-law. Maybe it's someone that's an enemy. They're, I mean, they're, they're gunning for you. Romans 12 also talks about agape love. And I want you to think about that person as you hear this. So Romans 12 goes on and says, agape love, a different love than phileo, must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will be heaping burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, some of you hear that, and you think of that person that's hard to love, and you think, that's crazy. <laughs> love the person who hates me? Bless someone who's cursing me? How about the heaping burning coals on their head? I like that part. Let's hear more about that, right? <laughs> it's a metaphor. It's like kill them with kindness, you know? See, see, God's agape love makes no sense to the world. It's love of another kind. It's love that, quite honestly, we don't have to give. But we can get it so that we can give it. It's a divine kind of love. A love that heals the world. You know, here at Gateway, there's a woman. She's a leader now. Um, her mom was brutally murdered. Uh, someone broke into... Uh, her house and killed her with a blunt object. They never found the killer. There was no motive. Uh, and she said to me, you know, my mother was the most loving, serving person and probably just opened the door to help the wrong person. And you know, as, as she was telling me this, I was expecting her to ask me, you know, where was God in that? Why God? Why would God allow that? Why, why isn't there justice? But that's not what she said. 
You know what she said to me? I don't want revenge. I pray for my mother's murderer. I can't imagine what torturous evil, what horrific pain that person must be in to do such a horrific act. So I pray that God would change his or her heart and set them free. I was blown away. That's not natural, not to humans. That's agape love. Undeserved, impossible, divine. But this is the essence of love. Friends, this is what flowed out of Jesus as they were nailing his hands and his feet to the cross. And he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. This is agape love. And it's a love that God freely offers to all of us who are willing to receive it. That's what Jesus was doing on the cross, that if we would take him into our lives and receive his forgiveness, receive his love, receive him as Lord and teacher and guide, he wants to teach us to love with his kind of love because that's what the world needs. We need something to give so that we don't just have to take and that's what he wants to give us and he gives it to people who don't deserve it. We don't deserve it at all. And it has to come from the outside of us. We need God's help to love like this. And you know, if you're still here and you're kind of exploring faith and you, and, and you still kind of in your mind think, I don't really need God, I'm a good person. I want to challenge you to try to love your enemy and those who wrong you and hurt you and come after you and try to bless them and love them like this without God's help. And I think you'll see. No, we all need God's help. We need a source of love that's beyond what's humanly possible. But the great news is that is exactly what God freely offers us. See, the truth is we all have hard to love people and God wants to help us with that. I mean, think about it. We all have at times adversaries or opponents. Maybe it's the owner of that business who's trying to drive you out of business and threaten your, your livelihood. Maybe it's a coworker who's trying to block your promotion or trying to undermine you, get you fired in some way. You know, maybe it's someone with an opposing political view or ideology. Maybe it's a former spouse who's trying to take your kids from you. Maybe it's a girlfriend who's broken your heart or a father who, who trashed your self-worth, your self-esteem. Maybe it's a friend who spilled all your secrets and betrayed you. You have that person in mind? Here's how we begin to love with agape love, a love that comes from God. We're gonna shift over to 1 John 4 for a few minutes because this really talks about it. 1 John 4, 7 through 16 says, Dear friends, let us love agape one another. For agape love comes from God. Everyone who agape loves has been born of God and, and knows God. Whoever does not agape love does not know God because God is agape. This is who he is. This is how God showed his agape love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is agape love. Not that, God loved, that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so lo loved us, we also ought to agape love one another. How? If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God, 
And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. That's how we do it. See, agape love is not humanly possible to sustain over the long haul. It's gotta come from God because it's the very essence of who God is. Unconditional, undeserving love that heals a broken, evil world. You know, today we're celebrating baptism and baptism is going public with this unseen faith transaction that happens between you and God. That God demonstrated his agape love toward you and me and every person, you know, and that's what he was doing through Jesus to reconnect us to the very source of love. Because the truth is we've all rebelled against the very source of love, the very one who created us. If you don't believe that, just think, you know, have you ever known what was right yet done wrong? Have you ever broken your own moral code, said I'll never, but you did? Well, then don't you think you've broken God's moral code? You know, have you ever known God's will but chosen your own against it? See, the truth is we all have, every single one of us. And when we do that, we are turning against the very source of our life, the very source of love. And so what's ironic is that we are those undeserving people just like those hard-to-love people are to us. We are those hard-to-love people to God. And yet, God's agape love sent Jesus to demonstrate a sacrificial love that lays down everything, his own life, to pay for our wrongs, that all who turn back to him may be forgiven of everything, past, present, and even future. That we can become his spiritual family. Brothers and sisters with a new father who wants to grow us up into a new kind of love. That's what God is doing because that's what heals the world. But he never does it against our will. We have to be willing. And that's why it says all it requires is acknowledging. Look at what it says. God sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God... God lives in them and they in God. You just acknowledge. Acknowledge that you didn't deserve, you know, God's love any more than those hard to love people or your enemies deserve your kindness. They don't and we don't. And yet, God offers this agape love. Amazing. And so all we have to do is receive it. God won't force us to receive his forgiveness or his adoption into his family. But if we simply acknowledge, I need what Jesus did to count for me. God, I need your forgiveness. I need your agape love. Lead me to love like you love love me. That's all he needs. Have you told him that? Have you in your heart of hearts told him that, that you want him in your life like that? You want his forgiveness. You want his leadership. Because that faith decision is the beginning of a relationship with God that never ends. Nothing can separate you from his love. And you can leave here today confident that you're right with him forever. Do you want that confidence? All you have to do, just pray to him and tell him. And I'll lead you in prayer in a minute. And you can leave here today knowing that you know that you know that you're in God's family and nothing will ever change that. If you're not ready yet, I want to encourage you to keep seeking. You know, you still maybe have have questions or don't understand enough about who Jesus is or what he did. Go sign up for our alpha class today. 
It's gonna start in three weeks and that's where people come together with their questions uh, to, to, to wrestle through them. So don't just sit passively, go after it. Try to, try to see, are there good answers to my questions? Today we're celebrating baptism and baptism is going public with this unseen faith. And I wanna encourage all of us to go out there and celebrate with people. When they go down into the pool, they are acknowledging and publicly proclaiming, Jesus died for my sins. He was buried. It should have been me. And when they come up out of the water, they are acknowledging and publicly proclaiming, and, and Jesus was risen from the dead. He overcame death. He has all power, and so he has the power to wash me clean of all my wrongs, past, present, and future, so I can live now and forever with him. And you know, baptism is not just a church ritual. Jesus commanded it. He said in Matthew 28, 19 and 20, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe everything I have commanded you. And what did he command us? To love one another as I have loved you. With an agape love. With a phileo love. Even with an eros love, but that comes out of that deeper, higher love. That's how he wants to teach us. And then reconnected to the source of all love. You know, we can love those hard to love people. How do you do that? Well, first of all, when you encounter that hard to love person, thank God for them. Say what? <laughs> thank God for them. Here's why. He's teaching you something about his love for you. Because remember, you are and I am that hard to love person. Just like they don't deserve anything from us, what did I ever do or what did you do to really deserve anything from God? Because just like they've heard us, we've heard him. And yet, his agape love freely offers love to us. And so ask them, what do I learn from this hard to love person about how you love me despite the way I've hurt you, the way I let you down again and again? You should feel the same about me, but you don't. So help me, help me receive your love so that I have that love to give to them. And then you not only know, but it says you rely on the love God has for you. That's how you love with his agape love. In that moment, you say, God, I don't have it to give, but you give it to me so I can give it to them. And you may not feel like giving that agape love to them. Say this. And God, I am going to love you by doing this for them even though I don't feel like it. And it counts. It counts. He sees and that honors him. And that's how he uses us to change the world around us, to heal the world around us. Fred Frederick Beatner, a very insightful author, says this about love. The love for equals is a human thing a friend for a friend, a brother for a brother. It's the love for what is lovely. The world smiles. The love for the less fortunate is a beautiful thing. The love for those who suffer, for those who are poor, the sick, the failures, the unlovely. This is compassion and it touches the heart of the world. Then there is love for the enemy. Love for the one who does not love you, but who mocks you, threatens you, persecutes you, inflicts pain. The tortured's love for the torturer. This, Frederick Buechner says, is God's love. 
and it overwhelms the world. I'm going to turn it over to our campuses in just a second, but I want to pray for us first. And uh, I'm going to pray that you will respond to God's love and take whatever is a next step to rise to a higher level of love. And as this song plays, I want you to just think about what is that next step? Maybe for you today, it's baptism. You know, maybe it's receiving God's love and marking it publicly. And maybe you, you didn't come prepared to be baptized. That's okay. You know, no, no shoes, no shirt, no bathing suit, no problem here, right? Because we'll give you towels, you can take them home. And I want you to remember something. What I've always thought about with baptism is Jesus hung on a bloody cross identifying with us. He asks us to identify by humbling ourselves, getting wet, <laughs> to acknowledge what he did for us publicly. It's a small act of love compared to his agape love. And so maybe today is your day. Maybe you've never marked that faith decision. Or maybe today you need to make that faith decision. And then I want to encourage you to go out and get baptized. Let us celebrate with you. Or maybe today you realize, you know what? I have not really even connected with people to practice phileo love. How are you going to get connected to start learning that? Or maybe God's really brought to your attention, you know, there's someone that's really hard for me to love. And I need to lean into agape love. I need to learn to rely on his love. Let's pray that we seek his higher love. Will you pray with me? God, some of us right now were brought here by you today. Something or someone got us out of bed, got us here when we didn't really feel like it. You were drawing us to yourself. And they're ready to respond to your great love for them. And thank you, God, that what you did in Jesus was to make a way for you to be just by forgiving us because you already paid the price that we owed. And thank you, God, that you made it so simple that we can be restored into right relationship with you and come into your family, adopted by you, by simply telling you this in our heart. And just tell him in your own words right now. He knows your heart. You say, God, I need what Jesus did to count for me. I need your forgiveness. I need your love. Come and lead and guide me. Thank you, God, that you tell us that heart decision that I do to your offer is all you need. And God, I thank you for those who will mark that decision in obedience, in, in love for you today in baptism. We celebrate with them. We celebrate with all the angels. You said that when one person turns back in faith, you know, like these who are getting baptized today, all of heaven celebrates and we celebrate. That's why we hoot and holler with people today. God, some of us, we've received your love and yet... We've let it be dormant in our lives. Help us to make the decision of how we can grow in your love, whether it's connecting with others or better loving those who have been hard for us to love. Show us, even as we think and pray right now, what we can do today, what we can do next week in response to your great love for us. We want to love like you loved us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.